0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media business and beyond about everything except their resumes today on the pod a truly and earnestly long-awaited pod we have logan bartlett managing director at redpoint though he's done a lot of other super impressive pretty interesting things prior to that which admittedly i'm not gonna ask him that much about logan thank you so much for being here
1: alexis thanks for having me this has been a long time coming
0: Sincerely, uh, an unbelievably long time coming. I'm so excited we can do this.
1: It's a pleasure that is all mine.
0: (laughs) Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Pilot.com. Founders and entrepreneurs, fasten your seatbelts. Your startup is ready for takeoff. Pilot handles your startup's finance, accounting, and tax prep needs so you can be free to focus on what's most important, building your business. Now that's first-class service if you ask me. I'm, I'm going for a plane theme um, because of Pilot. You get it. When you work with Pilot, you have a dedicated team of US-based accounting experts and fractional CFOs ready to support you at every stage of your hyper-growth company. And these aren't just any US-based accounting experts and fractional CFOs. They've run the financial back office for thousands of startups, including Airtable, Scale.ai, and Lattice. Plus, all of your favorite financial tools like Stripe, QuickBooks, and Brax integrate with Pilot, so everything is kept effortlessly up to date and is organized as a well-packed carry-on. Non-technical listeners get 20% off their first six months. Learn more at pilot.com slash non-technical. Logan Bartlett is a managing director at Redpoint on the firm's early growth team. Logan has led investments in Flowcast, Materialize, Ramp, Crossbeam, Workato, Cribble, and Monte Carlo data. Prior to joining Redpoint, Logan spent nearly six years at Battery Ventures, helping lead enterprise software investments in Amplitude, Braze, Dataiku, and Pendo. Prior to that, he spent four years in investment banking at Spurrier Capital Partners and Deutsche Bank. Logan is a graduate of Washington and Lee University and is an active Twitter user and enthusiast at Logan Bartlett. Logan Bartlett, welcome to Non-Technical.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Okay, so... It's been a long time that I've been waiting to say, Logan Bartlett, welcome to Non-Technical. I cannot <laughs> believe it
1: took us this long to finally do it.
0: I can. I asked you like six times.
1: <laughs> I want you to know that I've done one podcast ever. It was seven years ago, and I think it actually <laughs> held up pretty well. So I want you to know this is my reemergence back into the podcasting scene with you. What better announcement?
0: I'm really honored. I'm flattered. We are, of course, friends outside of this universe. We became friends through the internet, a lovely way to meet people.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A disproportionate number of my friends have come in the last few years, I think, is via the internet.
0: Me too. So we became internet friends, converted into real friends. This is a long sales cycle for me to have 12 months, a true solid 12 months.
1: Honestly, you were probably working it before that. It's probably two years at this point of like working the friendship, (laughs) even before the podcast was launched.
0: That's right. I mean, I think I definitely floated the idea of you coming on as a guest before I started the show. So we may be creeping into year two. And uh, what can I say? I mean, some things are going to be worth the wait.
1: Hopefully this is one of them. This is quite a buildup.
0: I was going to say, let's just keep hyping it. Like how much higher can we hype the episode before we said anything? The whole
1: episode actually is just (laughs) just us hyping and then we run out of time and uh, that's it.
0: Perfect. I mean, that works for me. So Logan, tell me this. How did you spend your last day off?
1: I went to a New York Knicks basketball game. So I am a big uh, basketball enthusiast. It was MLK day and it was a nice way to spend a, uh, a Monday off.
0: I know you're a Knicks fan because I follow you on Instagram and I imagine anyone who follows you on Instagram.
1: Most of my Instagram <laughs> posts at this Nick point fan. are are Nick's affiliated content. Yeah. I've also found out that like sometimes you sort of forget that the things you like yeah. show up in other people's right, feeds, right. right? And so some people are like, you know, I don't need all this hip hop mm-hmm, and Nick's content mm-hmm. like proliferating my sure. feed, but I guess it's the trade-off I get for following you on
0: Twitter. Yeah. And I think that I'm probably someone who has texted you that exact sentence before. The hip hop stuff is fine. It's just sometimes all this sports like pours onto my feed and I'm like, what is this? Like who's doing this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, why am I getting like college football yes, recruiting information that's right. fed to me? I
0: mean, it's good, though. You know, you want to have friends that help expand your mind. And so in that way, you remind me that the Knicks exist,
1: <laughs> which is something at times I wish people would help me forget. Yes, but yes, I, uh, I'm glad maybe we can meet in the middle on those two. Oh, I
0: would love that. Well, I mean, I would love if I could maybe share as much with you about RuPaul's Drag Race, for example, as you share with me about the Knicks. And then maybe we could find a middle ground.
1: You have friends for different things, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you're liking as much content about RuPaul's Drag Race as I am Knicks, Maybe but it's not it. showing up on my feed just yet.
0: So what kind of fan are you at the Knicks games? Are you li- a standing yelling at the I just forgot what it's called at the court. I almost said at the floor.
1: At the hoop. At the at the pitch. The field. You can only be so passionate when you lose at best fifty percent of the games, <laughs> and so like, <laughs> just for my own Ooh. emotional stability, yes. my therapist tells me I like can't get too high or too low I during okay. these games. We're keeping it even. I do have a bad habit of biting my fingernails throughout during the game, uh, and so I am yeah, just like in stressful situations okay. in general. It's a long habit that I've basically given up on breaking at this point. Okay. So I would quietly intense. But when I go with people that don't know the sport, yeah. that gives me infinite amounts of time to just like explain what's going on and give the backstory of the players. And I'm not sure if they actually care entertaining me, but I think I'm an educational fan and a passionate. That's one.
0: great. Okay, I would go to a Knicks game with you if you would explain it while it was happening.
1: Honestly, that would be a favor to me to let me explain the game. That'd be so
0: fun. I would, okay, we should set that up. I would be down. When I'm at sports games, I usually look around at what other people are doing to decide when to cheer because it's confusing to me like when to do that. The
1: Knicks fans are actually very passionate and uh, will lead you in the right direction. The other thing about basketball games is they've done such a good job of like turning it into a nice overall event, right? And so like the Knicks have Celebrity Row and depending on when you go, It'll often be like Pete Davidson's always there. Jon Stewart's always there. Tracy Morgan Mm -hmm. is always there. And so there's like pretty consistent celebrities. And then you get things like the t-shirt cannon, which uh, I swear I could be 90 years old and like I will get up for the (laughs) t-shirt cannon. And I don't know if you know what this is, but it's like people come out with little rocket launchers basically shooting t-shirts into the crowd. And then they have a big, I don't know how to describe it other than like a machine gun and something that takes you back to being an eight year old is just a t-shirt flying <laughs> through the crowd and you're like diving to try to make catches.
0: Have you caught in them before?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. My seats are such that they're at the exact right level depending on where they line up that I can feel pretty confident that I'm gonna have a real shot at, at catching it. Wow. Now you win like a $2 shirt right, that right. you would never actually of wear. Course. But you also win like the satisfaction and glory of the people around you that see you catch it.
0: Okay. So big wins all across the board. This is going to be a fun outing.
1: It'll be a good one. We'll do our best to get you a shirt.
0: Yes, please. So is there a fad, and this could be fashion, workout, cultural, whatever, that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy?
1: The number one thing that comes to my mind on this is like, if I look back on pictures of me from a decade ago or 15 years ago, I'm just wondering, like, why did I need all that extra fabric? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's kids, you know, around the globe that could have used yes, that yes. fabric. And I was just hoarding, hoarding it all for myself. Like the pants were too big right. and the shirts were too big. So that's the one that really like jumps out in my mind of why did I need it to fit like I was, you know, whatever, weighed a hundred pounds more than I do. And
0: why do you think that was? Was it a stylistic choice?
1: I think so. <laughs> okay. I, I, I mean, I certainly wasn't walking around like trying to make a statement about anything. Yeah. I assume it was one of those, like, I just reverted to the mean of all, all my friends and what yes. they were wearing. This wasn't something I was going around at the time thinking about like, this is so cool. It was more like this seems normal. But now when I see pictures of myself, I'm, I'm like, why was I allowed out of the house yeah. wearing, you know, those jeans that fit like that? The other one that I definitely had when I was like in middle school, school or elementary school where like the puka shell necklaces. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: There's some pictures of me like in an Abercrombie and Fitz shirt and a <laughs> uh, puka shell necklace that my mom has. And I, yeah, I need to make sure it gets destroyed.
0: I was going to say, if you wanted to send me a copy, though, I would take it just for safekeeping. Totally. If you want someone to hold on to it for you, I volunteer to do that.
1: A secure vault. Let me talk to my mom yeah. about it. She's pretty trustworthy in all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's in in good hands.
0: But you never know. I mean, you know, I learned from your Twitter, she unfollowed you on Twitter, right?
1: She did. Back to the thing we were talking about earlier, if not totally understanding like what populates your feed. When mm-hmm. I was liking things, it was filling into her feed. Oh. As I went further and further into hip hop Twitter, yeah. there were more explicit things oh. that were showing up on her feed. (laughs) And she didn't know exactly why they were coming yes, or what the context yes. of them were. So yeah, there was a very upset text with me. And it, and it led to her concern that I'm going to get fired from my job, which we'll see how the next 30 minutes or so play out. But uh, so far, so good.
0: Good. Well, to Logan's mom, who I can only imagine is listening, I'm going to do my best to prevent Logan from getting fired as a result of my show. I would feel very bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I uh, If this is the one that takes me out, at least I went out with such a good build yes, up to it. Yes, right? exactly.
0: Like, this would be a great show to get canceled over because no one's been canceled over it to date so you'd be the first one you'd be a true innovator in that space which i think would be very exciting
1: no that's good and we you know it's like a 18 month build to uh you know what a denouement was it Uh, like you know we could have a nice story arc to our to me coming on the podcast
0: poetry well, speaking of your mom, is there anything that your family did growing up that at the time you thought was normal and then you later realized was a little weird?
1: I thought long and hard about this and I even sampled my family. Really? Yeah, I was like, is there <laughs> anything that we have done? My mom's first reaction was, If we knew it was weird, I don't want us voicing it for public consumption, which I thought was actually a reasonable pushback. Yes, yes. I'm sure there are those things 100%. My brother had some hot takes on this associated with different family members' views on politics and the like. Oh, yeah. I think that was probably a little bit more normalized growing up, just in general. I'm not sure if there was like one habitual thing that we did with regularity that stood out.
0: You may have also just not realized yet, even still, that you're the only family that does a certain thing.
1: Exactly. We could still be in that, like, pork rinds for breakfast is normal, right? right?
0: You might learn one day that that's not normal.
1: It's going to be a very sharp, rude awakening for me when I realize that pork rinds aren't a breakfast food. That's right. Hit
0: me up whenever that day comes. Has a piece of art ever changed your life? That could be like music, a book, fine art, anything. There's
1: one album that I have listened to more than any other by far. And it's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Logan,
0: I think that might be top three favorite albums for me of all time. It came out at
1: like a pretty influent. I had just moved to New York when it came out. uh, And it was, you know, that period of time when you're like 22 in a new city. Yes, 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 yes. And I moved to New York right out of undergrad. And everyone told me like, oh, college for the best four years Mm -hmm. of their life. Then you get out of college and you can do within the bounds of like a job and workforce all my friends moved to new york Mm. it just has such positive connotations associated with it and so it's hard for me to know did the album actually Hmm. influence or change my life or was it just that moment in time but in terms of something that like i just associate with a before and after it's like weird when the album released and where i was in my life at that point in time and so that's the one i sort of come back to as like that was pretty impactful
0: that album is top to bottom an excellent listen and it really, really holds up. It's a good
1: example of like, you know, it was Kanye rising from the ashes of being one of the original canceled. And so, you know, it could be even more relatable after this episode comes out and I have to rise <laughs> from the ashes as well.
0: <laughs> That's right. Okay. Well, at least you have a good soundtrack picked out. Totally.
1: The boomerang back that this album's going to have for me at two different yes. points in my life. Did you
0: listen to the podcast Dissect? Cole Kushna. Yes. Cole Kushner. Dissect fantastic show where... He reviews a particular album across a series of podcast episodes and he did My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and I consumed every second of that show. I was
1: really happy. Like originally he was, just had this little Patreon Mm -hmm. and I think his first album was uh, The Pimp of Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar and then, or his first series Mm -hmm. uh, he did and it was like independent on Patreon Mm -hmm. and then his next was My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and then I think after that Spotify picked him up. and now He went from like a, he worked at a coffee shop or something? Like he had some-
0: It was something that I remember being like very excited I was like, nice.
1: It was a very unique like internet. Hey, this person has this weird talent mm-hmm. that just couldn't have happened 10, 15 years totally. ago. Your former employer enabling his success.
0: I know. I was sad when he left Patreon though, because I was like, oh man, we lost one.
1: I know. <laughs> well, it was funny. Whatever I was, I was donating like, I don't know, $10 a month yeah. or $20 a month. And, and I got a note back that was like, your money's no good here. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> what and happened? then I oh, heard good. he had a podcast deal. Nice. Yeah. Oh,
0: good for Cole Kushner. Good for him. I know, 100%. And good for Kanye. And good for you when you return. It will have representation <laughs>
1: at both points in my journey.
0: I can't wait. Logan, nothing comes to mind, so I'm curious. Do you have a catchphrase or other words or phrases that you or other people think are specific to you? Like stuff you say a lot.
1: I don't think so. You know, as I've started to listen back to myself more and more in preparation for, for this podcast specifically, mm-hmm. I found that I have just different intonations yeah. and things. Things that I definitely do with regularity. And it's weird because my brother, I don't know how this is genetic, my brother has the exact same really? mannerisms and like inflection of speech. It's weird when I hear myself back, it's like, why is my brother talking here? Right. Or when people m- meet us, it's never like, oh my gosh, you guys look so alike. It's like, whoa, the m- mannerisms yes. and voice and all of that. So I can't say any catchphrase specifically, but like clearly there's some genetic voice intonation that had been passed down from my parents that both of us share in some weird way.
0: How close are you in age? 5 years apart. He's younger? Question mark.
1: He's younger. So we lived together up until the pandemic, which was oh. uh which was fun. <laughs> it was, yeah.
0: That's amazing. Talk
1: about the periods in your life that like, you know, whatever he was he was probably 25 to 27 yeah. when we were living together or something, right? And so I got to do that that age again, which was oh, yeah. which was fun. A very Peter Pan I'm
0: sure. Well, something tells me that you rose to the occasion.
1: That's right. Yeah. Let's just say it was uh, our our maturity evened out. It definitely went down to his level and not up to mine. exactly.
0: You were just being a good older brother.
1: Average implied that I pulled him up.
0: Oh, got it. More of a lowest common denominator situation. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's exactly what happened. (laughs) That's
0: awesome. Have you ever had a perfect day? I don't think so. So not yet, but maybe soon.
1: When you ask this question, like nothing comes to mind immediately. So I guess that means it's probably still on the come. Actually, to bring it back a little bit everyone tells you like college yeah. is the most fun yeah. you know savor these mm. times and i actually found like 22 23 your friends were either so busy with like their first job just getting destroyed yeah. and whatever mm-hmm. or they were so poor mm-hmm. that they couldn't do anything yes. but either way they couldn't do anything right. and then you reach this point at like 24 25 26 mm-hmm. that your friends are either making enough money to go out to dinner Mm -hmm. or like have enough time to go out to dinner. And there was one point in time in which I went to a, uh, it was actually a Kanye West concert. Uh And then one of my buddies played a uh, small concert venue afterwards that night. And we were all like 26 years old uh, in New York, like basically this energy that the city had post the original COVID vaccine and all that. We just had that energy. Wow. It's sort of like freshman college dorm energy of like everyone's just sort of fired up and ready to go around and meet people. So that's the closest that I come back to, but it was probably December of 2013 would be Oh, my wow.
0: Guess. Okay. What venue was your friend playing at?
1: He played at Arlene's Grocery. Oh, cool. Uh, and Small. Yeah, on the lower east side. That's yeah, awesome. small. Small. It was a small thing. He's not like an actual musician. He's in finance. You know, <laughs> this is a total, total side thing That's for great. him. My other friend Kanye West played yeah. Madison Square Garden. It. So, so it was a two friends night playing, his playing this.
0: Two friends played shows for you. Okay. That makes total sense. I, I
1: was equally happy for well, both I'm sure. and
0: And they were equally happy to have you there.
1: Totally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Same level of support, same level Absolutely. of Yeah, we we've we've kept in touch in a comparable amount. Absolutely.
0: Are you musical at all? Yeah, I know you're a big hip hop fan. I
1: went to a liberal arts college. Yeah. The worst grade I ever got was music. Really? Which is I, I am I am supportive of the arts. Yes. I think there must be something that one, I, I probably didn't take the class that seriously. Sure. But two, there's clearly some thing that I just can't hear between mm. tones and and stuff so
0: so what was the music class like music theory
1: yeah or, or like intro i guess maybe music theory okay. or I, something that involved like me naming what different notes were oh. and like the ability to oh. hear different it was not my best performance i
0: understand that music theory is very hard did you ever play instruments growing up or sing or anything like that
1: <laughs> I, I i don't know how i landed on this but i played the french horn in third Are grade you kidding me? You know, this is one of those things that only an oldest child, like <laughs> if my brother tried to do that, I'd be like, dude, not cool. Like play the yeah, guitar. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but for me, there was no one older that wow. was looking out for me. To- so a French horn for one year, that was the extent of my musical career. Hard to join a band or play Arling's Grocery.
0: You're like a one-man brass section. God, that's incredible. I cannot believe this. And I now I'm wondering if you know that this is true, but do you know that the only other podcast guest on Non-Technical to discuss the French horn is our mutual friend, Zach Kukoff. Did you know that he played the French horn growing up? Wow,
1: <laughs> I uh, I wondered what made us kindred spirits <laughs> in all of this, and was. that is pretty impressive. Well, Zach <laughs> and I, I guess at the time we're talking about this, we're going to do a podcast together. And this will have to be a topic. You have to talk
0: about it. This is so random.
1: The theory behind (laughs) the French horn. I have to assume, like, if you looked at all third graders picking up an instrument for the first time, I have to assume, like, French horn has got to be sub 1%. It has
0: to be. The French horn to... Twitter blue check venture capitalist pipeline is so strong, apparently.
1: People talk about all these different correlations yeah. going to Stanford, Harvard, no, you know, working at Goldman or McKinsey. this
0: major factor. This
1: is the type of data that you really need to tease out. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's just like, are we over-indexing right. to anti- French horn bias in the VC community.
0: It's a real struggle. Well, I look forward to hearing about you two connecting over your your, your very fun facts. Uh,
1: that, is, that is believe. too funny. Maybe I had that buried somewhere in my Maybe.
0: head. Maybe. Wow, that's incredible. Logan, what is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on?
1: So I really break down when I think someone's logic isn't being logical. Okay. And it's one of these things <laughs> that I found myself willing to cut off my nose to spite my face about it. If just like a thought tree isn't flowing yeah. appropriately and someone's reaching an irrational yeah. conclusion. But even if we land on the right, like, oh, yeah, and we're on the same page. Mm. I'm like, well, n- no, no, we're not. You got there the wrong way. So like, let's deconstruct your logic. Oh, right? Boy. And it's not productive. No. It, it, like, if we're agreeing or disagreeing, it turns out people don't love you telling them, like, hey, you're, you're being irrational yeah. or illogical or your thought process is broken down. That doesn't make for like good dinner party conversations. I just should let this go. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure this person understands. It's like a very tiny specific thing too. And it can be about even smaller things. But yeah, just logic when people are being illogical really bothers me. Okay,
0: Does it matter how well you know the person?
1: Yes. To the extent that I'm not like stopping acquaintances being like, hey, I heard you on (laughs) non-technical. And uh,
0: by the way, the
1: the French horn to VC pipeline actually is pretty, pretty strong. It's mostly French. And a handful of my friends know that I I do this. Mm-hmm. That that's one. The other one, I am big anti daylight savings person. Wow. And I understand why it's a thing. Sure. But whenever people cheer. Like, oh, an extra hour of sleep. Right. I'm like, right. But, you know, it's one hour and now everything's going to get darker earlier, which which I don't like that much. I hate right? that. But it makes sense. Like it, in the morning, it, it does get really dark, especially on the East for Coast. Sure. So I, I understand. I know it goes back 100 years of farming and and yeah, and kids like needing to go to school and waiting for buses and it can't be in pitch black. Like it, it makes sense to me. But when people celebrate.
0: It's the celebration.
1: It's the celebration of the extra hour of sleep that really it's like. Mm. Now, if you're celebrating kids not being in the dark in the yeah. morning, this goes back to the logic yes, thing. Yes. Like, this is this is amazing that the farmers won't be in pitch black That's and that right. the kids will be able to wait for the bus in daylight. Like, I would be okay with it, but the extra hour of sleep, that one just rubs me the wrong Especially way. Especially
0: because... Six months from that point, you get robbed of the hour.
1: It it all comes back around.
0: Net zero hours of sleep added.
1: I wonder if the same people that celebrate that, are these people that are just like always looking for the bright side of things at all times? Are they equally upset Hmm. when it comes back around the other way and they're like, oh gosh, losing that hour of sleep.
0: Well, it's interesting because people are typically more loss averse, right? So they feel losses harder than they feel gains. I would be curious. We would have to talk to some of those people. And see if they're also mourning the loss of their one hour.
1: First, I would have to lecture them about their like illogical.
0: Oh yeah, I'm assuming we're forty minutes deep on a lecture from you on <laughs> yeah, how exactly. illogical. It I, is. I've laid Just, yeah, out exactly. why
1: this thought tree didn't That's work right. exactly, and then and then we could talk. I'm to assuming them about
0: like it. there's a whiteboard involved, like there's some kind of a prop. We probably have some data. That's where I'm picturing. Totally,
1: that. it's like the always sunny. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. <laughs>
1: the yarn strung out.
0: It's true. I totally agree with you on that. The thing that bothers me about it is, of course, that we don't gain anything. I would never voice that opinion, though. Like, it wouldn't occur to me to say, like, they shouldn't be celebrating.
1: Again, small hills to die on. And it goes back to the logic-based thing.
0: Have you ever gone too far? in trying to prove to someone that they were being illogical?
1: Yes, for, for sure. <laughs> for, for sure I have. And it's led to some some uh, level of fallout mm. of just like, you know, cutting off my nose to spite yes. my face on some of these points. And I'll tell you what, you never feel good after you went, you yeah. know, like it, it just never works well. It's never at the end that everyone's like, wow, I you know, I now see your perspective. Right. It's one of these things I always regret having done. And so I don't know if <laughs> I need like a little rubber band to like snap my yeah, wrist and
0: a shock collar. Exactly.
1: It's like running into the invisible <laughs> right. fence. It's like, hey, you're not going to feel good after yes. this.
0: Nobody wins.
1: <laughs> no one Even wins. Even when you right. win,
0: nobody really wins.
1: Totally. It, it actually ends up being very much like a scorched earth <laughs> policy. <laughs> like, you know, it...
0: everybody loses, but at least everybody loses. Take
1: everyone, everyone, everyone down with,
0: with you. What is something non work related that you're really proud of?
1: Don't, you know, it's actually kind of, I, I don't, I can't think of, Something specifically?
0: Okay. <laughs> Are you having an existential crisis in front of my eyes?
1: <laughs> actually, I'm about to uh, break down and start crying. I'm only proud of my work. <laughs> it's know. Anything I would say would come off as uh, like disingenuous. But kind of, like my family, yeah, I am proud of my family yeah, and my friends sure. and all
0: the stuff you're supposed to say, which
1: I think is think is true. But I, I, I actually don't have, uh, <laughs> I don't have like one specific thing to go.
0: Logan, we might need to work on this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll tell you what my next therapy session is yes. <laughs> going to feature is. Uh,
0: so I went on this podcast and um, do you have any hobbies that you do outside of work? Outside of Because I know you're very into, like you said, following the Knicks and then you're a big hip-hop person. Do you have anything that you do outside of work?
1: That implies that those two things aren't doing outside yes, of work. Yes,
0: that's true. That's true. <laughs> There's
1: 41 home Knicks games a year, Alexis. How many
0: do you think you go to? You
1: go to 20, Whoa, maybe?
0: like half? That is a lot of Knicks games.
1: It is a lot of Knicks games. And Madison Square Garden is super easy to get to. Mm -hmm. And it's one of these things that's like, Football is such a big production to go to those the games. They get stadiums generally like far away. Yeah, and the games last, whatever, three to four hours. And the stadiums are so big. There's a lot of like foot traffic yep. to get in and out. And basketball's like a pretty easy commit, especially yeah. getting to Madison Square Garden. You can take the subway right there. It's pretty much two and a half hours yeah. like in and out. So I would say 20 is about right. When concerts remain stream, I go to a bunch of uh, concerts. Yeah. I, I enjoy my fair share of podcasts and then, you know, I keep up with the Twitterverse as <laughs> mm-hmm. well. I don't want to snitch the way my Apple does every uh, Sunday yeah, morning, seriously. but I, a fair bit of time is dedicated to the Twitter scrolling. That
0: makes sense. Well, then, I mean, maybe something non-work related you're really proud of is your commitment to the Knicks. Because it is hard to be a Knicks I, fan I think that's right. in some ways.
1: My other big fandom is Tennessee college football, which is like a mm. weird thing. Because I was born in Tennessee, but like grew up in the tri-state yeah. area. And I'll tell you, like college football in the Northeast isn't really a thing. Yeah. But for whatever reason, it's something that I just kept up with. And it's, it's weird to have this affiliation with this school I didn't go Mm. to and these like players I've never met either. But I would say my loyalty of fandom, neither team has been good for the last call it 20 years. And so I think actually it's a real character building back to like what I'm, you know, what I'm proud of is like my loyalty Mm -hmm. and irrationality to supporting these things that only ever so slightly bring me joy. Mm -hmm. That's a real fortitude that I'm proud of. Wow.
0: And I'm proud of you too. Here's a question though. It sounds like it might not be that logical to be a fan of either of those teams. How do you justify that, Logan Bartlett?
1: (laughs) I've had that existential, like you're cheering for an eight. 18 year old college freshman. His play on the field is going to impact your afternoon. And I'm like very meta about why am I letting someone else control my happiness, <laughs> right? It's like this somewhat person I don't even know. Yeah. Uh, I have had that Okay, thought. good.
0: Just making sure that you're at war with yourself is what I was doing. Just checking in. Perpetually. Great. Okay, Perpetually, perfect, perfect, perfect. right?
1: I'm at least logical about the illogicalness. Okay.
0: If you were kidnapped, but you had the chance to communicate with your family and friends and needed to tip them off that something was wrong, what would you say? I
1: think it would be something like Tennessee football related. I think it would have to be like, guys, I think I'm broken at this point. I just can't do it anymore. Like (laughs) I I, just just because of all the emotional tumult it's taken me through, like that at this point, it would randomly break me after I've just gone back to the well so many times. (laughs) They would know that there's like some uh, torture thing going on that if I'm being forced into that. Wow. I think Nick's probably fit that same bill as well.
0: Okay, good to know. I'm going to keep an eye on your Twitter then. If I see a resignation yeah, totally. from either fandom, we're going to have to get to work.
1: Former podcast guest of yours mm-hmm. and presidential candidate renounced his Knicks fandom, Andrew oh, yes. Yang. And I will say for the longest time, anytime he posted something on Twitter, mm-hmm. people would like respond back and quote tweet him and be like, this you? Or oh like, my God. quitting on our city like you did your fandom. Oh
0: my God. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. The Knicks fans will come at you if you try to renounce fandom. It's I think it's one of those things that it's blood in, blood out. Out. Like, yep. you have to die if you're going to get out of the fandom. Okay. And when he tried to renounce it, it, it was not very well received. I'm not going to say that's mayoral election, but Probably I don't know. Probably
0: didn't help. We don't know. A
1: lot of Knicks fans out there.
0: Wow. Okay, good to know. I will think very carefully before I publicly align with the Knicks, just so that I never have to leave the Knicks.
1: That feels like a safe hedge okay. against this. Now, I wouldn't recommend, unless you're into this, like, character building mm-hmm. aspect of yeah. it, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this. Oh, but Knicks uh, fan. You know. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. you can go. We'll see when we go to a game yeah. if you catch a t shirt or whatever. Let's you know, assess. I mean, Let's
0: feel it out. Let's see what happens. Maybe I'll get super into it. That would be the plot twist who knows? of a lifetime.
1: Maybe like we get a good game with good celebrities there. Yeah. You, you make a diving catch of a t <laughs> shirt cannon shirt. You know, who knows? It could be, it could just be a real serendipitous event.
0: I would be very curious to see that happening because I specifically dislike the phenomenon of catching things thrown to me at sporting events. Oh, wow. I know. That's a
1: that's a specific hill to die on as well. So
0: I think it's related to my deep and undying hatred towards being the audience participant. I hate audience participation if I have to do it. So
1: you know Cirque de Soleil? Uh-huh. So my dad did like a corporate event one time when I was uh, in middle school and it was it was a Cirque de Soleil. They like rented out a small event. Yeah. And my dad was like the, I don't know, something uh, high up at the company and they needed a volunteer to come on stage. And unbeknownst to me, I had been pre-volunteer. <gasps> and so the strong man, like this guy that was seven four, oh 350 pounds walk through the crowd, like, you know, looking for yes. who he was going to call on stage oh my God. and like walk past me. And I just, you know, like, oh, thank, thank goodness. It's not going to be me. And then he grabbed me and brought me on stage in front of like a few thousand people. He,
0: did he pick you up?
1: Spun me over a head. Like I was a little pizza at oh a, a pizzeria on the Lower East Side. I got spun <laughs> around. And I will tell you, there are years and years of like deep, rooted issues that I think have manifested itself from that, that center of attention in front. And you're in middle school, right? Yes. And you're like, you don't want attention for anything when you're in no. middle school, let alone like in front of thousands of people being, being spun being around like, like a little pizza.
0: <laughs> tossed into the air. Oh my God.
1: And especially when it was pre-planned too. It wasn't like this, oh this little event that occurred. This was an inside job, right? Yeah, and seriously. So, yeah. You had there was
0: someone on the inside.
1: I can relate to your trauma if only for that. Now I will say I was at an X game recently and I kind of thought we had moved past the Kiss Cam as a thing. Oh. Uh but they're they're huh. they're still doing it.
0: Oh, they are. Yeah. Have you ever been on the KISS Cam? I,
1: I never, I never <laughs> have. I guess I can add that to one of my fears is just randomly being put on, but.
0: What scares you about the kiss cam?
1: One, they do these. I don't know how they vet out the kiss cam, right? Like, who's to say I'm not with, like, I'm with my sister or something, and now the crowd's all cheering, and I'm just sitting there, <laughs> oh, like, God. Uh, trying to explain to people, like, no, no we're, we're, I don't know how, like, you signal we're related, <laughs> Maybe you, like, right? Like, high five
0: or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Or, like, no, no, no. You, like, hold up two fingers, like, tisking away or something. So I think that's, that's my first. I don't know actually the behind the scenes, like, way that they determine those. Oh, you're drawing. A lot of attention to yourself in a very specific way that people have opinions about. You know, mm-hmm. people can judge how you go in for the kiss, right? That's is it is it like point. a little- peck? Is it is it like uh, uh, something that's actually like a wedding, you know, yeah. uh, you may kiss the bride with a little like, how do you handle all that? And you're how? not, I think you're caught off guard, right? I think it's like, you got to make that decision right away and mm. how you're going to react to it.
0: That's a very interesting point. So I've never really gamed out what it would be like to be on the kiss cam, because I really haven't been at that many sporting events. But I agree that it's actually a very high stress situation.
1: Hopefully, you'll still want to come to the game. With oh,
0: my God. Well, now I'm scared.
1: <laughs> I know. We might need, we might need a third party sitting in between. Exactly. No, no. Podcast. Podcast. We we were on Twitter. We we met on Twitter originally, and it's hard to communicate in front of 20,000 people. You're right. We're
0: going to have to come up with something. I think they must have the camera people watch to make sure that the people who they're targeting have already kissed.
1: I would hope so or something. Again, this feels like something that is just from a slightly bygone era. Like we're not talking this is the 1950s exactly, but like it's kind of like when you go watch one of those movies from the 80s and you're like, ooh. Hmm. That doesn't quite hold up. You know, I'm not that wouldn't fly today.
0: That is very interesting. Okay, I'm very curious. I'm sure somebody out there knows how this stuff works and we could find out. I will
1: be interesting if the kiss cam persists for another 10 years or if that's something that uh, Mm. that gets canceled.
0: Well, definitely stay on the lookout. Like keep me posted on if you and also if you see any particularly outrageous kiss cam scenarios, let me know like. Not that I would want someone to get rejected, but I do think it'd be entertaining to see someone get like fully rejected on the kiss cam, for example.
1: I remember once upon a time they would like show that on the local news or whatever, like man gets rejected on kiss cam. And it's like, yeah, it's like everyone's laughing at it.
0: Poor guy.
1: Poor guy. Right.
0: Do people still get engaged at these games?
1: Rarely, I would say. I've had season tickets for a couple of years. Yeah. And I can't recall okay. it happening. I know that sometimes they'll do them on the big billboard at like baseball games. I feel like maybe baseball games are the ones that get targeted more and for the That's the sport
0: that I have seen the most live events for is baseball because I am a Yankee fan, but my dad and I used to go to a bunch of games. And so I think it is somewhat common. Like I've seen it a couple times.
1: How would you react to that? Like, let's say impromptu, yeah. you know, you get proposed to at a baseball game. Oh my or God. you... Oh Jesus. You have to go through with it, right? No. I mean like you can't at least in that okay, moment, not the wedding. Not would
0: tip me off more that this person was wrong for me than if they thought I know where to propose to Alexis, a sporting event.
1: But in the moment literally you have to I think you have to get through it, right? Because okay. imagine like I you see. reject the person yeah. in front of 65,000 people. But
0: they're asking me in front of 65,000 people. Them's the stakes.
1: I think you just get out of the, you, you say yes, and then you get out of the arena, and you're like, Absolutely it, as soon as you're out of the stadium, you're like, and we're done, yeah. right? okay. I don't think you want that pressure of 65,000 eyeballs on you and having turned someone down, okay. but I don't know. I mean, who's to say?
0: <sighs> That's a really good point.
1: Now I've introduced all this anxiety associated with sporting oh events God, for you, I as can't. if you didn't want to go before.
0: <laughs> you're like, well... It takes a lot of moral fiber to be a fan. And also, you might have to kiss someone you don't want to. Oh, and there's this whole marriage thing that could take place. Totally.
1: And they're going to shoot objects at you potentially, which is a fear of yours as well.
0: We're going to find something that'll be exciting about a Knicks game. Is the food good?
1: Food is great. They redid MSG recently. Good. Yeah.
0: I like that. To me, sporting events and many things, it's all about who I'm going with. That's like the thing that I care about because I'm never going to ultimately care who wins the game. You know, I wish mm. I could.
1: Well, we can work on that. Yeah. We can we can work on your fandom, but I would I would agree at the end of the day, like it's the experience outside of the actual right. outcome of the game.
0: Okay. Well, that's good to know. All right. I feel pretty ready for this next game. Logan, I have a two part question for you, which is who would play you in a movie about your life? And should this movie be a biopic? So birth to present day, or should we focus in on a particularly exciting chapter of the Logan Bartlett story?
1: I think Will Forte is the one that I've gotten the oh, most Oh, I
0: could totally see that. But he's a little bit, o- he's definitely a little bit older than you.
1: He's probably got 15 years yeah. or so on me. But you know, it's a its a Hollywood 15, right? Yeah. So who's to, who's to say what a little nip and tuck here and there. Like, I guess I you
0: guys sound a little what. bit alike.
1: I think he has a similar sense of humor type okay. of themes. And at one point in time, my first job, people would Mick Gruber had just come oh. out and that was like there was like two people thought it was funny to call me Mick Gruber because <laughs> I, I looked like Will Forthy.
0: that's what a nickname
1: right I didn't love it <laughs> now I'm gonna get random mentions in my uh, yes. Twitter like Mick Gruber yes. like, uh, you know I'm really walking into this. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's definitely probably more interesting periods of time to zoom into. Now, okay. probably appealing to a pretty niche audience in general. You and think if, so? If they're making a movie about my life. <laughs> I don't know how broadly appealing that's going to be. Well, we don't, I
0: don't know yet. Tell me the story that we're going to tell. What chapter are we doing?
1: I think I had a pretty normal suburban childhood mm-hmm. upbringing. So okay. that's immediately excluded from it. OK. Four years of college. There's probably some good stories to be, sure. be had in there. I'm not sure it, I'm not sure it can hold an entire story arc. The first couple of years in the workforce trying to figure it out, that might be the beginning of the story if we're going to focus on a period in time and then the beginning of career to date, but I'm not really sure what What, the narrative that's going to hold it all together is. Yeah. What are we building towards?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, maybe add that also to the list for you and your therapist in your next session.
1: Maybe this podcast, by the way, maybe <laughs> it's maybe it's the two years or 18 months we oh spent building for this podcast
0: for Logan Bartlett. And it's actually just about <laughs> you coming on non-technical. It's
1: like all the, you know, building up to this moment in time, right? All the different outreaches.
0: Wow. That would be exciting. Could I play myself? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you
1: feel comfortable opposite like a Will Forte character, then I think, yeah, yeah I think you definitely could. <laughs>
0: I would love that.
1: Do you have one like in mind of who who would play you if if not you?
0: Person who I've said before that I think would do a good job embodying me, though she doesn't look a whole lot like me, is Anna Kendrick. I like, believe uh, in her enough that's as an actress one. and her energy that I think like she could do this. She could pull it off.
1: I think that's a good one. She could pull that off. The one I was thinking was uh, Anne Hathaway.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Have you ever gotten that before? Oh,
0: all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of oh, course. Wow. Of course. I get Anne Hathaway a ton, actually. I used to get her a little bit more. Anne Hathaway opposite Will Forte, people would turn up for that.
1: I think they would. It <laughs> would be. It would be like a weird, like whoever the director is behind the scenes pulling that together. Yes. It would be like a weird, Pairing, but you know, I think I think it could be a, like a a little niche, yes, boutique Like film. I think we
0: could take it to Sundance, you know. Like I think it would <laughs> perform right. well That's somewhere right. like that.
1: The Tribeca Film Festival would take it yes. in, but I, I'm not sure this is like a big. Uh, although, are there outside of big comic book movies these days? I'm not sure there are that many like theater based big production. So I don't know, maybe we can find our very narrow niche.
0: I definitely think we would have to niche down. I think that our best case scenario is either selling directly to a streamer or going through like an A24 situation, you know, like an indie production studio, which could be really compelling.
1: I'm supportive of this, by the way, if anyone wants to do like the whole build up into this moment, you could come up with a whole cast of characters and all that.
0: And we're only going to take like, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the net profit. So just consider reaching out <laughs> if you're if you're interested. That's right.
1: Well, 100 percent. If anyone wants this story, <laughs> it might be like a, a 15 minute movie. But yeah. if anyone wants it, it's
0: actually going to be a short film. We're going to submit <laughs> the right. best original short at Tribeca. That's right. Logan, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Pilot.com. Pilot makes bookkeeping, budgeting, forecasting, and other finance needs easy. We all know tracking and managing financials is important, but bookkeeping and back office tasks may not be every startup's area of expertise, if you will. And when time is of the essence, you have to play to your strengths. If you're an entrepreneur looking for the freedom to focus on your business, Pilot just might be the service for you. Whether your startup is just starting out or scaling quickly, Pilot has your back. As the largest accounting provider for startups in the world, they've supported companies from pre-seed to Series D. Non-technical listeners get 20% off their first six months. Learn more at pilot.com slash Non-technical. And we're back with Logan Bartlett, managing director at Redpoint. Logan, I have wonderful news, which is we've reached a very exciting moment in this episode of Non Technical. Are you ready?
1: I am. I'm apprehensive now.
0: <laughs> we've arrived at the lightning round. First question for you coffee or tea? Coffee. How do you take it? Black. Me too. Hot or cold? Hot. What about you? Hot. Pretty much always, though, I will say, like in the summer, to me, there's nothing better than a cold brew in the summertime in New York.
1: I will do cold brew afternoon sometimes, mm. but hot in the morning. I don't know what that distinction is, but
0: that change actually took place for me a few years ago. I used to be in the summer, like all cold brew all the time, and then I don't know what happened.
1: I think it's a maturity thing. Yeah. yeah your palate is is growing mm, up, and that yeah, must the be it. That yeah.
0: must be it. Do you have a favorite board game?
1: We have this game we play called tra- Train Game. I think it's called Ticket to Ride, oh, is yeah. the actual name it's of it. It's kind of yeah. Settlers
0: of Katowice. Catan adjacent, but with trains.
1: It's been described to me as halfway in between Settlers of Catan and Monopoly, where it's like not as complicated as Catan, but also not as simple and luck based as Monopoly. It's a nice little middle ground.
0: I played a game this weekend that I'm wondering if you've heard of. It's called Acquire. No. I was hanging out with several friends, all of whom have MBAs. (laughs) And the game of choice was Acquire. Which is a board game in which you are buying shares in different companies, thus increasing their value, and then liquidity events take place, and the only goal of the game is for when it ends to have the most money.
1: That's my job. That's my employment. (laughs) Why are they making (laughs) games out of real life?
0: I know. When we were playing it, I mean, it was fun, but I was also like, this is real life. Why are we playing real life? That
1: feels like something like a a HBS student would pitch to his classmates (laughs) and then everyone would just get behind and think it's a great idea. I loved it. Was it actually fun?
0: It was fun. It felt a little too real. I was like, I don't want to think about whether the stock is going up.
1: Totally, yeah. It's like Silicon Valley, the show. There were a few moments in time I was like, oh gosh, you know.
0: Oh my God. I work
1: in this world a little too much. Yes,
0: You were almost working in it when that show came out. Oh,
1: I definitely was.
0: Me too. And I actually couldn't watch it initially because I was working at a small startup and it was so close to home that it was upsetting. <laughs> now it's one of <laughs> my favorite so shows, but literally I remember watching it and being like this is clearly very good and I I literally cannot watch it. And now I'm obsessed with it and <laughs>
1: I, I actually haven't gone back to watch it. I watched a few episodes. Stupidly, when I was searching for it the other day, I just typed in Silicon Valley thinking no. of the show. But it turns out that uh, sends back a lot more results to Google than like, yeah. just the television show. I've it turns out it's, it's actually a real a place. Bigger
0: term. Yeah. <laughs> or a, a, a concept. A state of mind.
1: A state of mind. It's exactly. anywhere you want it to be. It's now on the internet.
0: That's right. Area code 305. So Logan, have you ever read a book twice? No. Ever?
1: I assume like a Harry Potter book or something when I was young. Nothing immediately comes to mind, though. Sure.
0: Do you have a pump-up song?
1: This is a pump-up album, but (laughs) Young Jeezy's first album, Thug Motivation 101. (laughs) The intro to that is just like... It's really, it's really strong. That was always my like real pump up song in in high school and college.
0: I've never heard it.
1: It's good. It stands the test of time. I've I've run it back a few times recently.
0: I'm excited to find out.
1: I guess now he's Jeezy. He's dropped. Oh, uh, he dropped uh, The uh, Young. At 45, he decided to drop The Young.
0: Wow. Okay, good for him. You know, we're always growing, we're always evolving.
1: 100% wisdom.
0: Logan, this is my final question for you, which is really sad. And also, so far, I don't think you've said anything that's going to end your career. So I hope that if your mom has made it thus far, she's feeling pretty okay about you coming on the show.
1: That's good. We'll need her to actually listen to it. But I, yes. I uh, yeah, I think it's, she'll, she'll take the first run of the edits.
0: Well, I was going to say, why don't you just send me her cell number? I will super quick get that photo of you in the puka shells and then <laughs> we can talk about the pod.
1: I'm I'm sure she would love that swap. If she gets right, a first edit. Oh, yeah. I think there's a Puka Shell Abercrombie shirt for her.
0: Very fair trade. Accept terms, write it up, send me the docu sign. Let's commit. Okay. This is my final question, though. What would you title your memoir?
1: I actually don't have a great answer. I feel like anything I would say right now is like corny.
0: What's coming to mind?
1: Unwritten.
0: Unwritten? Okay.
1: No, just like something that's not yet, something that's not yet done.
0: Is that because you feel like you haven't lived enough life to write a memoir?
1: I haven't lived enough life. Okay. Yeah. Overcoming obstacles, like Mm. a a white liberal arts school uh, male (laughs) (laughs) makes it an adventure.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: It was a real rags to riches Yeah. Yeah, story.
0: Seriously.
1: My suburban town in in New Jersey to where I am today.
0: I'm sure that there's something.
1: There probably is something about like self-deprecation mm-hmm. or like laughing through the pain or yes. you know whatever.
0: I'm trying to think if there's like a play on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Or something like that.
1: I'm sure there is. I don't know how to incorporate my name or, uh, or a pun into that.
0: Do you think all memoirs have to have a pun in the title? Or you just think yours no, would?
1: I think they have to be profound or have some like, you know, pun callback reference yeah. to it. And I don't know if I have that off the cuff.
0: I mean, it's really a challenging thing to do, name a memoir. Because it feels very, this is who I am. And it feels
1: like there's a a, a finite end Nature to it, right at the end, where it's like this is all that is to be written, right? And so it's one of the. It always is interesting when people write books, and you know, I think the the best example is uh, Cuomo, the former governor, writing a book about like how to beat the pandemic, and it's like "Eh, not totally done yet. Exactly. I don't know if that holds the test of time. You writing a book about beating the pandemic and yeah, leadership through it. Mid pandemic. So, uncancelable, the Logan story. And then this podcast <laughs> comes out and uh, no, you know love, I get canceled.
0: I love uncancelable. That's so funny. I really yeah, like. Although that. I feel
1: like Joe Rogan would name his podcast that as well, or something. So yeah. I kind of need to be careful of what company I keep with something that's like that. That's a really
0: good point. I mean, I think that that's like objectively a very funny name, but I do think it draws some unwanted attention your way.
1: I think that's right. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's like kind of a dare. Yeah. And yes. I, <laughs> I imagine if people go it's back like, to some oh, of those really? different periods in time, mm-hmm. yeah, that I referenced on the, you know, people are like, oh, interesting, uncancelable. Well, when you were nineteen, right?
0: Exactly.
1: When the puka shells come out, we'll see if I can stand the. T- of time. We have the right bones for yeah, the name. The, and so, yeah, there's know. some
0: good stuff coming. We'll need to hammer out a couple details and then we'll be good to go. Logan, thank you so much for coming on Non Technical.
1: This was so much fun. Well worth the wait.
0: I think we lived up to the hype, personally.
1: I sure hope so. We'll see. We'll see what the feedback is. I'm on excited
0: it. to hear the feedback. Where can people find more about you?
1: So on Twitter, Logan Bartlett. I also have a podcast Ooh! now on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you get your podcast. Yes. Uh, the name of the podcast is Three Cartoon Avatars, which I am doing with two of my friends, Zach Kukoff and Nikita Beer as well. So please subscribe, listen to that, and uh, or follow me on Twitter.
0: I'm super excited about that. And you can find me at Yale. Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at non-technical pod on Twitter. Logan, thank you so much. I can't wait for our next game.
1: Thank you again. (laughs) We'll pick a good one. Bye. See ya.
0: Oh boy. I have a review to read. Andy Bonds writes wonderful break from imposter syndrome. Five stars. So many interviews of prominent folks in tech focus on outrageous accomplishments on paper over the gritty parts of the journey. This is a really light and airy break from that. Well done, smiley face. Thanks, Andy Bonds. And if you want to hear me read your review on the next episode, go ahead and hop on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave me a review. I would consider five stars. I mean, I think it's worth five stars, right? Well, you tell me. Actually, only tell me if you think it is worth five stars. Anyway, Leave me a review, toss in a little tech lingo, maybe a little corpse speak if you're feeling fancy, and you just might hear it on the next episode of the pod. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye.